This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. All righty. And welcome, everybody, to another, or this week's edition of the Craft Brews and Fantasy News uh, podcast, where we bring all the uh, live updates, if you will, as best as we possibly can, uh, on a Thursday night here, um, for all the breaking news that's going on in the NFL, as we lead you up to the 2020 NFL Draft. And I am joined with two amazing co-hosts. Ben, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about football and get away from the uh, the daily grind. The, the monotony of the daily yeah, grind. Yeah, I'm just it. I'm just ready to to drink some beer and talk football. All right, good to hear. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> and of course, uh, Corey, you know, uh, you, you texted me before the podcast uh, about a little little thing that you were that you were doing. <laughs> I don't know if you want to share with the good folks out there. But how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic, buddy. Yeah, I was wrestling with a spider out back. Uh, worried about if it was a brown recluse or not, but verified no brown recluse. We can all live now, not have to burn the house down. Good. Um, so we're 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 excited. We're going to move forward and uh, try to try to sleep okay tonight. Good, and you definitely will. And I I, I just I had to send you those gifts I sent you, man. Because and I don't know if you know it, that's from the movie Arachnophobia uh, yeah. with John Goodman. And yeah. uh, he's all dressed up in his torch flamethrower, you know, burning the house down. Of course, that's a different <laughs> kind of spider altogether in that yeah. movie. Uh, and, of course, uh, I'm RyeGuy813, going to be leading this show tonight. And Ben, as always, has put together some fantastic notes uh, to, to bring you guys this content this evening. So let's go ahead and um, jump right into our weekly segment of what are you drinking and what do you want to drink? And, uh, Ben, did you want to go first this week? Yeah, I mean, that's why I pretty much told that spider, I said, no matter if you're a brown recluse or not, as I was killing him and making sure he had no babies, <laughs> I said, do you realize I have to st- I have to know what Ben's drinking this evening? So please. <laughs> I was, one, I was wondering, where, I was really wondering where you're going with that. I'm like, Corey had to make things, it to the cast thanks tonight. For, uh, thanks for interrupting, Dick. Like, I had a really good intro to this. <laughs> I am drinking, space. I am drinking, uh, Solemn Oath Brewery, the Snaggletooth Bandana. It is a American India Pale Ale IPA. Sorry, I'm new to this. I'm new to the beer game, folks. I'm 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 a wine guy. How uh, do you spell imperial? Six and a half percent. It is really good, and it's in a badass can. And it, I mean, it was eleven bucks, which I thought was a win. There was one I wanted that was like twenty. I'm like, fuck that. No. And one more time, Ben. The name of that uh, beer? I didn't necessarily the, make it out. The Snaggletooth Bandana. Snaggletooth Bandana. Yeah. Okay. Someone not as good as Comstock Porter or whatever that was, <laughs> but you know what? It's not. It's not a fail. Somebody snaggled their tooth on a bandana one day and was like, "I'm going to name that a beer one day." If that ever happened to me, I'm naming it. A, I'm there naming you go. Beer after it. <laughs> How do you snaggle your tooth on a bandana? Anyhow, <laughs> I t- I typically don't do. I probably try to kill a spider. <laughs> I- I typically don't drink IPAs, but this just was in a badass can and had a cool name. So I'm like, you know, I'll try it. It is really, really good. I love it. I love it. And Corey, what'd you bring us this evening? I have from, it's a peanut butter porter 
from Sagatok Brewing Company. And isn't Sagatok in Wisconsin where that guy killed those killed that girl and had the Netflix documentary about him? Wasn't that Sagatok? Sagatok? Yeah. I've Making been... a murder? What no? Nobody? Well, I I mean I hate I'm gonna be that guy. Never saw it. But I do know the state of Wisconsin pretty well. I don't believe that sounds more like Vermont to me, but you know, I mean, could be. I could be wrong. Well, all the ladies and gentlemen out there listening to the cast can Google it. And, well, either uh, you, you should feel. <laughs> I mean, you should feel bad about drinking it now, though. You know, so. He, I mean, I doubt he brewed it. He's he's in jail. <laughs> Is he? I thought he got you away. Said it's a peanut I thought that was porter? the point of the. They're trying to get it. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. They tried once at a different angle, and uh, yeah, it's peanut butter porter. It's it's good, smooth. Sounds good. I, I feel like um, those have been coming out a lot recently. Um, I think Donnie shared one the other day on the other podcast, the Craft Brews and uh, Geek News podcast. If you guys want to take a listen to that, and it was almost like a Reese's Pieces. It looked like little Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups on the can. Uh, I had one the other night at Brew. Florida Growler Bar up in Odessa, and uh, right before Donnie had shared that, and that was pretty good. I can't remember the name of it, but that was really good. You could smell the aroma. So, Corey, uh, can, can you smell the peanut butter on the nose on this one, or is it more subdued to the flavor side of things? I may still be recovering from COVID, but um, that's a joke. But <laughs> it was like I really did, five I did have ago. it a few months ago. Um, it's not super strong. It, yeah, it's you taste it more than you smell it. I do really okay. enjoy ones that you can really, when you get up there, um, you you know what's coming. Um, this one just smells like your porter with a hint of peanut butter, um, but it's it's got a lot of taste to it. So, gotcha. Not a swing and a miss. Not and the best I've ever had, but a good one, solid. And I was going to say, for anybody out there that doesn't know, Corey has the best sweet tooth, sweet tooth when it comes to uh, craft beer. So if there's any recommendations that you want to send our way as you're listening, please feel free to uh, write that in the comments when you're listening to the cast. Not while driving, of course, uh, but anything that you could recommend Corey to get his hands on, he's probably more than up for it. So, all right. Uh, I did not bring anything to drink. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, just uh, laying low this evening. And uh, what happened? Pussy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I've had enough to last a lifetime in my day. But no, um, I will bring something next week to the podcast, to the show, and uh, make up for it. But let's go ahead and just touch on a few things real quick. Uh, we're going to be covering tonight some, some, like I said, NFL news. Corey and Ben's top five sleepers at tight ends and defensive line. Uh, this is what you have to look forward to. And then Ben and Corey are going to talk about uh, – Rondell Moore and Zavin, uh, Zavin Collins as some possible prospects. But before we go into that, news around the league. I don't know if it stunned you guys. It definitely stunned me because it was unexpected. Dak Prescott, big contract, four years, 160 mil, 142, excuse me, 126 guaranteed. What's going on in Dallas, and what do you guys think? It had to, it had to happen. They were in a corner. You know, we talked about it. We talked about it last week. I mean, <clears throat> Russ and Deshaun would have cost just as much, and you had to give up draft capital. And Dallas has too bad of defense, and they're always in this, you know, imaginary most of the time. But this win now mode, you at least got to have an offense. Um, 
I'm surprised they gave him that much. I think I said last week that I thought he'd end up coming in kind of under what he was asking for originally, but he stood his ground. So as far as I am a Dak Prescott, okay, I hate the Cowboys, okay, but Dak Prescott has surprised me. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Maybe we've seen his ceiling, but he's still young. So if he plays like he's been playing and they put a defense around him, that team could compete. So I I see where they they had to do it. I, I guess I was a little shocked it was so much, but but good for him. Yeah, I I I feel the same way. I mean I'm I'm not shocked. I, I figured it was either going to be that because that's what he wanted, or they were gonna move on. But um with what they have around him uh, on on the offensive side, especially in the contracts they've given Zeke and Cooper. And I mean, what are those guys without a quarterback? You know, while he's not top three, top five material, he's top 10, like we talked about last week. Um, so it's, if you don't retain him, what kind of message does that send your, your team? I, well, I, I get that. I think my biggest thing is, is he going to come back? from that injury i think it all stems to that and i mean th- let's not forget he's getting a 66 million dollar signing bonus okay money justified he was playing under his rookie deal totally get that but another 75 million in the first season and then 42 million a year over the first three seasons uh or something like that averages out but still um it's it's like he's coming off this gruesome injury and we don't know how he's going to perform if he's going to if he's going to beat the the Dak Prescott that we've seen because he is a great uh, not a great quarterback he is a good quarterback he's he's been Dallas you know for the last few years but still that's a lot of money to pay somebody coming off of that type of injury and that's where I'm questioning everything but at the same time I, I get it because they had to make a move and uh, and and I mean he he earned it you know at that point so what were you going to say Ben my, you know I, I Good. My biggest question for the Cowboys is, okay, yes, I understand paying Dak. I understand the appeal of doing that. But your offensive line is not the offensive line of three, four years ago. You've lost Frederick. Uh, your left tackle, all world, has had some injuries, and, and he's talking about retirement. They have some holes on their offensive line now that they didn't have before, and their defense is atrocious. So I think... Like we were talking last week, if I was the Cowboys, I would have done what Corey said. And I just said, look, our team is not good enough to compete right now. I mean, all you have is the draft. So if I'm the Cowboys, I'm sitting at, at what, number 10 in the draft. That's the only issue. I hope a quarter. They would probably have to move up. Well, but even if you move up and give up some draft, I mean, they are just in such a shitty situation. Like, truly. Because you do that, <laughs> then all of a sudden, if you don't hit on your draft picks, yeah, you you have better financials down the road because you're not paying a quarterback so much money. But there's so many holes on that team. Um, yeah, that's... I, you know, I just, it's... I would hate to be, be a Cowboys fan right now. Like, get excited yeah. about Dak, that's fine. But, I mean, they're lucky they're in the NFC East. You know, I mean, Dak healthy Very, alone... That's, with a healthy Dak, they win the East last year. I don't think any that's, as bad as that team was. Oh, hands down. They that that's been the worst division of football for what, twenty years? 
I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's 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 been bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they're 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 they buried themselves by paying Zeke. I in in my opinion, um, and Cooper somewhat too. But you know, it's kind of a tra- chain reaction. In, in my opinion, I think we've already talked about this. You can't pay you can't pay a running back like that that kind of money. In my opinion, unless you are a contender for sure no doubt icing on the cake pay 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 that running back you know um otherwise i think it's been proven for a lot for a while now that hey if you gotta if you have a if you have a great quarterback and you have a good offensive line any any half decent running back will will should be able to get the job done that's that's nfl capable i think the days of paying running backs are really close to being done you know, Delvin Cook, understandable. Elvin Kamara, that's fine. But if I'm the New York Giants, especially, they're going to probably ride with Daniel Jones another year. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to be playing on a different team after this year, unless he absolutely kills it. But then how do you justify that with a team like that? And I think Cowboys are kind of showing people why you shouldn't pay for a running back. It's only worked <laughs> a handful of times. We've talked yep. about it. Well, you, what remember what ha- just happened with Gurley a couple years ago? Got paid and he was done. Yeah, the Rams you are know? so bad at I guess giving, we'll, at giving they'll, they'll They're so bad at giving contracts. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see how it all shapes out. And, uh, you know, again, nothing against Dak. Hope he comes back and is the player that everybody thinks he is and knows he knows him to be, uh, and that he can come back from this injury and have a great career and uh, still not take the Cowboys to the promised land. Anywho, switching gears here. You got uh, breaking news. I think it was just earlier today. It wasn't that long ago. Chiefs release uh, Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz, or maybe that was yesterday. Uh, that was this just, morning, or this morning, excuse me. So it was today, and that's a that's a big two big holes to fill in the offensive line for the Chiefs. I mean, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl, um, you know, for Mahomes, and he ran almost 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so where do you think the Chiefs go from here, and how do they replace those two offensive linemen? In this draft? It's a deep draft. And honestly, what they're doing is probably really, really smart. Because Mitchell Schwartz is arguably the best right tackle in football. Fisher, Fisher's gotten better, you know. But you, you essentially cut your, your, your starting left tackle and right tackle, which is un, almost unheard of. But what the Chiefs are going to do is the Chiefs are going to go tackle-tackle in this draft because of how deep the class is. You know, do they, do they have enough money to, to cap space to sign an, an, out, an edge rusher? Because that's their other hole. Now they have three massive holes. Well, and I don't know what they're – we need to get onto spot track on these podcasts. We need to look at, like, what kind of space these teams have. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have some holes, but they still have all those weapons on offense. But what you do, you, put, do, you do put yourself in a little bit of a bind here because now you need two tackles now – I don't know the Chiefs' draft history. I don't know if they have a guy behind one of those those guys that they like. So maybe they only need one starter. But yeah, they also need an edge rusher, and this class is not a great edge rushing group. So by cutting Fisher, I believe were they both under contract? I wonder where this puts them with the salary cap because maybe they they get a they go and get Judon, um, and maybe they get a a veteran tackle and then they just try to have the best draft they can. But I think this was a money move. 
either for this year, which is probably, that's Andy Reid's style. Not everyone is Green Bay in drafts for five years from now. So I would think there's a reason the Chiefs did this, and we'll find out really soon. So Chiefs are making money moves. Well, if this <laughs> this over-the-cap uh, looks correct, and with those cuts, there's still $4 million over the cap. Really? They're in bad shape, man. Mm, 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 mm. They got some not as, They they have a lot of as, play, a lot of positions they need to upgrade. Not we, as bad as uh, the Rams. <laughs> Thirty three I mean, million look, over the cap. The Rams are going to compete because they have drafted well when they. What had do you picks, do? But I, I've it, never seen that before. I don't even know what you do. I wonder how many teams are actually. It could at be dead or, money, though. You know, over. You know what I mean. The 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 cap. Packers are nine, nine, six over nine point six. I read an article today. This is the last thing I'm going to say about the Packers today. Well, I'm not going to make that promise because I'll break it. But really quick, I saw this article about what they could do. There's a way that they could extend Zadarius, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams, cut Preston Smith, cut Dean Lowry, cut Tim Boyle, their backup quarterback. I believe there might have been a couple other small things and they would be 74 million under. So, and it was all these moves that really don't hurt the Packers. So I'm reading it. I'm like, man, I need this guy to walk into that 74 office. 74 million under. How is that even? That's crazy. Well, that's what people are going to do. So with this, the salary cap came out. It's what one, one eighty two five is what they yeah, said. You have to, you're Everybody gonna have to is, you're going to have to extend anyone, you know, that you might consider for, you know, to extend them for a few years. Two years. Then, at least be the two years. Yeah. I don't believe the Packers are going to extend Aaron Rodgers because they drafted Jordan Love. I understand Rodgers was MVP, and don't get me wrong, I'd love it more than anybody if they did. But if you're going to extend Aaron Rodgers, then you go out and get a second-round pick for Jordan Love. Because Jordan Love, in my opinion, is a much better option than Mac Jones. So that's what I got. Okay. I I agree. That's where the line is in the sand, where I think love is better than the top three guys are better than love. But after after those three, which I already talked about last week, then I'd put love right there and probably four ahead of like Jones, Fields, Trask. You know what I mean? So. All right. Anyway. So we can definitely get into more of that breakdown uh, very soon in the next couple of shows. But in moving on here. Uh, ben, there was a there was a note here that you might want to cover this part, or would you guys like to go ahead and dive right into some of the uh, the draft stuff? Um, I mean, I can go over it really quick. I think the audience will want to know about it. It, it was one of these things that I didn't even know was happening, um, and then I, and then all of a sudden I saw it on NFL Network that Brandon Marshall um, put on. What is it? Let me just give me one second here. Um, House of Athletes, I think, sponsored it. Um, well, yeah, I had no idea about it until you told me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was it was super cool. I don't know how it was, um, how they allowed it. My my notes aren't coming up, so I don't know. But I I will go over a few things. So they invited sixteen guys to this combine. I think they could only invite so many because of COVID. But they he got sixteen guys who wanted to show their skills outside of the pro days. Um, and, uh, hold on one second here. 
Um, Amari Rogers showed out. Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia, ran a four-two-four. Now, that's crazy <laughs> because, like I was telling Corey when we talked earlier this week, I have Tyson Campbell graded above Eric Stokes. But if Eric Stokes at 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds, runs a 4'2", that guy just jumped into the first round. Now, I also read an article um, after that that Campbell might actually run a faster 40. They're saying he's just as fast. So I don't know what the hell's happening. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's all over the Everybody, place. It's all over the they're map. All, they're all chugging um, Red Bull. I did want to talk. Was on their patio. There was a, a receiver out of Iowa, Brandon Smith, who no one, I mean, I didn't follow Iowa, but no one, he wasn't even really a prospect. Dude jumped a 48-inch vertical. Um, so th- if it wasn't for this, I mean, he might get drafted. I mean, that kind of athletic ability is special, you know, even if he just ends up a special teamer or you just, even if it's just an undrafted, maybe it's a guy who wouldn't even have been picked I- up as an undrafted free agent. Who knows? I would like to know what the world record is. I mean, I'm pretty sure Mario has it, and then maybe that guy is too. Mario the dancer? No, the Mario that oh, jumps into oh uh, Mario sewer and Luigi. Systems. Gotcha. Yeah, well, pretty sure he's got the highest vert. But after <laughs> him, it might be him. It might be this guy. World record. World record for the vertical jump officially recorded was forty-seven point one, and that was Josh Imaturbihabi. That's somebody's yep. name. Mm-hmm. Twenty fifteen. So if so it, if it got recorded at forty-eight, the then he broke the record. Oh wait, Guinness Is World that... Record has sixty-five inches. Jeez. Brett Williams. That's just how. I don't know, man. That's crazy. That is all sorts of ridiculous. That is crazy. I mean, mine's only 55, so I don't know how he could possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and what's no. this about the, what's this going on with Kellen Mond? Yeah, so Corey, oh. you can speak to this. I know, <laughs> I know Kellen Mond is a guy who he did have a good senior bowl, and people are starting to talk about him, and then. Um, this, it pains me, man. Like. If I'm wrong on this, I will eat my words, and I will never rank and rate and scout quarterbacks again. Where they said he was good at the Senior Bowl. Write that down, Ryan. Yeah. Well, we kind of need future segments of all. Where they said, just I'll do a different position. But where they said he was good at the Senior Bowl, I watched the whole game. It was painful. The only quarterback that was worse than him at the Senior Bowl was Philippi Franks from Arkansas. Um, just because he threw a touchdown pass, it, 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 I, don't I don't get know, it. Man. it. Yeah, I don't I've, get it. I watched his tape too. There's a play here and there during a game that's like, oh, that was kind of Holmes like. But then the other 50 plays makes me want to turn away. It's like a crime scene. It's it is not good. Um, so if a team thinks they can turn that five to ten percent into an NFL quarterback, good for them. Uh, I just I really don't see it. I mean, out of all the quarterbacks I ranked that we went over last week, he might have been one of the the bottom two. Now, real quick, Corey, um, was that just based on the senior role performance, or was that based no. on his whole season? His whole yeah. Okay. Uh, usually, what, what 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 the way we kind of operate, at least the way I do it, is. 
Um, I try to watch two to three full games of a player, full games, where, you know, I might not watch, uh, you know, if we're, let's say it's a defense. Well, let's say it's a quarterback. I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch uh, that team's defense, but I'm going to watch that whole offense. And a lot of times it's on YouTube. You can Google it, whatever. Um, you know, I don't try to, I don't watch the highlight tapes because those are kind of, uh, of course, every highlight tape on a player, they're going to look Looks great. good. Yeah. That's, it's called a highlight tape, but that could be the you know the five percent. I want to I want to see what they're doing every play. So anyway, I try to watch two to three games, and I'll try to pick. Hey, let me see them against an okay team. Let me see them against the best competition they played all year. And you know, sometimes I dive really deep, especially in the quarterbacks. Where okay, what's their worst game? Let me watch that. What's their best game on paper? Let me watch that one, and try to figure it out. And I. I will put my money on this kid. Not as I'm not saying anything bad about, uh, to him as a human being, but as an NFL quarterback, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it whatsoever. So he can say all he wants. Tell he's him be, he's being disrespected, Corey. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, he said, "I don't feel like I'm getting the respect I deserve." Well, the only way to get respect is to go out there and not care about maybe not having respect, and then. Showing people that you deserve the respect. Talk, you don't talk command is cheap, it, bro. You show it. Go and get it. Real so. quick, the, easy, the easiest way to explain it some, with some of these players, um, and we've seen it before, and in high school, if you're bigger and faster than somebody, you're going to crush the competition. In college, it can still happen in key positions, especially quarterback. If you're if you have a good arm, and you're and you're just you're more athletic than most of the players in the field, you can still succeed. Once you get to the NFL, that's over. Every player in that field is the best in the world. So you are not bigger than faster than anybody. It is very rare you see that. Yep. So everybody just needs to borrow the page out of Tom Brady. That's playbook. why. Right there. Right here and right here. Brains and heart, baby. That's, Tom Brady that's was that. sixth round draft pick. One ninety nine. So, who's Tom so, Brady? Oh my God. He he looked like a Holocaust uh, <laughs> survivor. Well, <laughs> Tom, man, first it's diabetes Brady. last week. Now we're talking Holocaust. Corey, come on. Uh, Tom does not have diabetes. I, I can confirm that. I don't, uh, okay. All right. Well, best of luck to you, Kellen Mond. Show us what you got. <laughs> Prove me wrong, bro. I hope he, I hope he hears this That's why we're here. We're, we're we got, here to we encourage you, you to hate us so that when you go out on the field, you think of this show right here, right now, and the words that we're saying. Go prove it. Special right. teams, Callan. Special teams. <clears throat> Let's break this down. Corey, we're going to dive right into your top right. five tight ends. The ends that are tight. Ooh. Well, that's if you want to go down that road. <laughs> that's, a, that's, um, that's a whole new list, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't have time to prepare for I'm that one. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. <laughs> Number one is Corey. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So to, we're, we'll start with top five tight ends. This is hard because my, my list is really isn't in order. Um, not surprising. Um, my top tight end is Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida State. Uh, I'm sorry, Florida, not Florida State. Six uh, five, two thirty nine. Um, fast, fantastic hands, smooth. Uh, can run routes. Biggest catch radius I think I've seen at tight end, other than just being, a, you know, Gronk six foot eight. Um, seems like he's got a high IQ. Uh, super athletic. Um, and what I really liked about him that I think some people are kind of writing him off as, well, maybe he's the next Eric Ebron. 
where, yeah, he's athletic, but Eric didn't really have hands and he's not tough. This kid's tough, man. Um, he likes to he likes to block. I'm not saying he's a good blocker, but he likes to block. Um, after he gets uh, after he catches a pass, he doesn't mind lowering his shoulder and trying to trying to level somebody. Um, so he he might be the most special tight end prospect, at least I've I've seen in a long time. Um, so I think he's going to have a, a hell of a career in the NFL. My comp for him is Vernon Davis. I think he's going to be a better better Vernon Davis. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a four, three, two, uh, my number two tight end, this might shock a lot of people, uh, but my eyeballs don't lie to me. Uh, Tommy Tremble, Notre Dame, six foot four, two forty five. Um, why, why a ton of people aren't talking about him is because he played at Notre Dame. Um, and that surprises a lot of people. Well, I don't know if you ever seen their offense, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's goofy. Um, you know, they, they don't really used they didn't really use him a ton in the passing game, but whenever they did, um, his athleticism is just behind pits. Super athletic. Um, what I like about him is I mean, I, I'm judging their blocking not compared to a tackle, but compared to the other tight ends in the in the draft. And man, he's solid. Um I, I rated him as a ten um at blocking. Um, he's going to be, he's my sleeper. I mean, he's number two on my list, but he's not number two on most people's lists. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And I'm, I'm going to say this kid's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, number three, Pat, Pat Fryermuth. Most people have him number two on their boards for tight ends. Big dude at Penn state, six, five, two fifty. Um, he's, he's, he's a, he's a complete tight end. Like when you, when you watch him play, that's, it's what an NFL tight end usually looks like. Kind of like a, it's kind of like a Gronkowski light, maybe kind of like a Zachary. Like Gusecki? Yeah, Gusecki. Yeah. That's, that, that's a good comp. Something like that. I mean, you know, not blazing fast, not super athletic, but I mean, just across the board, just he's, he's, he's your prototypical tight end. Tough dude too. Very tough dude. He'll 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 run you over lower, lower the shoulder too. Uh number three number four. I have a I have a three way tie, so we'll stop at that. Three way um, tie. So Hunter Long. Um he's like four or five on most people's boards. Um I like this kid from Boston College, uh six five, two fifty three, you know, typical size. Uh, I have him blocking as a, as a 10, so he's one of the stronger blockers in this draft. And, man, you want to talk about tough, toughness. I see him pancake some dudes, and then after the catch, um, he'll he'll run you over. Um, to me, he looks like what Vance McDonald could have been, so I think this kid's going to be a better Vance McDonald in, in the league. He's got the size for uh, it, definitely, and uh, almost reminiscent yeah. maybe of a Heath Miller. Yes, a little bit, a little bit. Heath Heath was more athletic. While he yeah. wasn't super athletic, but Heath was surprisingly athletic. Um, the other guys love this kid too, man. Quentin Morris out of Bowling Green. This is my second sleeper. Um, again, ten blocking, just tough, um, but sneaky, athletic, soft hands. Um, I don't really even know how how to who to compare him to, to be honest with you. Um, kind of his own thing. 
I would say like if Noah Fant met uh, Najoku that can block better, that's I guess that would be my comp for him. Um, and then also tied with Trey McKitty. Um, not a sexy player. He went to FSU and then transferred to Georgia his last uh, year. But if you want to talk consistency, he's probably the most consistent tight end in this entire draft. You know what you're getting on draft day. 6'5", 241, just across the board, just solid. He doesn't take plays off. Um, um, that's really all I got to say about him. So um, I think a lot of teams are on to him, especially after after the senior bowl that he uh, competed in. So, yeah, those are my five. So we had a little three-way tie there at the end. Um, I like it. And then mid-round sleepers, I kind of already touched on it. Um, Tommy Tremble, um, I think can have a hell of a career. Um, Trey McKitty, just mentioned him. Quentin Morris, just mentioned him. Hunter Long, just mentioned him. I'm going to name one more name who was one point behind those three guys. Uh, Kylan Granson from uh, SMU. He's undersized. He's six foot two, But, man... Um, there's something to this kid and I watched some interviews too, and I really, really like him. Um, he reminds me of Noah Fant, um, a little bit, a little bit smaller, but, uh, that's also another mid round sleeper. So, uh, end of the day, last comment and then, and then we'll move on to Ben, but this is the strongest, in my opinion, the strongest tight end class coming out in, um, as long as I can remember, and 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 I think we needed it, 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 it league wise. So, agreed with that, Ben. Any thoughts on Corey's picks, or you want to jump right into yours? Um, I wish I could remember the kid's name out of was it Southeast Missouri State or Southern Missouri? There was I listened to his interview, but we can talk about that later. Um, small school guy that that I heard was pretty good. Um, I would say Kyle Pitts is is truly a generational type tight end. Um, he reminds me of Darren Waller, but it's only because of his body type. If he can put on some muscle, I see the Vernon Davis. The thing with Vernon Davis is dude was just, like, I mean, you don't want to meet him in a back alley, you know? <laughs> no, um, no. You, you know, actually who, who Pitts reminds me of a little bit. Jay Sternberger. Oh, Kevin Johnson. As a tight end. He could have been a receiver. Well, yeah, and very I, that, that's been a receiver. when I was when I was watching some highlights on him. That's the same thing I thought. I was like, this guy looks like, you know, wide receiver I, playing the tight end position. It, it's funny you say that. I was listening to Locked On NFL Draft, and I forget, um, I forget the guy's name, but um, they were saying that if he was a wide receiver, that he'd be number two in this draft but potentially number one. That's how good this guy is. Um, and I, whoever takes him, you know, that'll, I don't know. We don't probably don't want to get into that conversation quite yet, but whoever, <laughs> whoever gets Kyle Pitts is getting a tight end. That's going to be an all pro. I mean, what? Seven, Dude, seven, night, eight, nine it, times. I mean, nightmare, a brilliant nightmare. pass catcher. Yeah. I don't even know the most, impressive one of the most impressive things i've seen on tape the past few years of me watching tape 
was Kyle Pitts this year against Alabama. Um, I was telling Ben about it. You know, he had like 120 yards and a touchdown or something. Looked phenomenal. One of the touchdown catches in the corner of the end zone, one up over over everybody, high pointed the ball in double coverage, tiptoed to stay in, in bounds. Not only that, but he at some points he had outside cornerbacks literally having to tackle him to take the flag because they were going to get burned for touchdowns. Not, I want to say like nine times in the game they had flags thrown against him. He is uncoverable. Hmm. So, yeah, it's he's going to be special. Real quick, just two real quick things I want to mention too. A couple of guys to pay attention to. They're not complete. I think they're going to be a year projects or maybe two years, but they're both six foot seven. Uh, Tony Puljan and Carrie Angeline. Uh, Carrie Angeline from North Carolina, six foot seven, two fifty. Um, they didn't really use him as a uh, true tight end in the line a lot of times. They they split him out, but man. For a guy that's six foot seven, that kid can fly. How and many good, good players can possibly be on one college offense? That North Carolina <laughs> offense was stupid good. Think about <laughs> North Carolina too. I mean, well, this this was NC State. I'm sorry. Oh, this was NC State. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said North Carolina. So, My bad. No, this was NC State. And then Tony Poljan from Virginia. I know we. A player comes along, we always com- compare him to him. I already know. I I made a kind of a Gronk light. Uh, uh, comp earlier, but uh, Tony Puljan, six foot seven, two sixty five. He's the biggest dude in this draft, and he he's Gronk light, uh, built like Gronk, moves like Gronk. Um, but you you can never say he's going to be the next Gronk because that's probably not going to happen. But if you want a guy that literally looks like him on the football field, that's that's your guy. Looks and moves like him. So big, hey, uh, tall, mean looking dude. Corey, um, speaking of Virginia Cavaliers, you know who else played there? No. Heath Miller. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Hey, you you had me, me digging. You had me digging really deep. There. I know. Yeah, I, was I thought it was Richard Mendenhall for a minute, but I'm like, no. Why would he bring it up? Be bringing up Richard Mendenhall. Only in, and, only no, in he played ends. for Syracuse. Yeah. No, Heath went there. Um, um, yep. I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh took two tight ends in this draft, but what does make me happy is, you know, um, before watching these tight ends, I thought we were going to have to spend a high pick on a on a tight end that could be a starter in the future. Um, I don't see that being the case. I actually think this draft is so deep that there's going to be guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round that can and will be starters in two to three years. There we go. Great coverage, Corey. Ben, let's talk about some defensive linemen. Well, um, unlike the tight end group, the defensive line group is not a deep class. Um, what you see with a lot of the outside of really outside of one guy, I think every single prospect has some really good strengths, but some really glaring weaknesses. Um, when I say glaring, I think a lot of these guys just have to grow, but it's in the past we've seen really good defensive line classes and I didn't see it here. Now there are, a couple guys I was really surprised with, and I'll get into them. But the one guy who I thought jumped off the film was Quiddy Pay. Um, he's out of Michigan. He actually he reminds me with his body size and his quickness and the absurd strength and athletic ability of uh, Rashawn Gary in college. Now, 
Rashawn Gary is still kind of getting his footing in the league. He's going to be a starter. He's a really good player, but that's who Pay reminds me of. 6'4", 272. Um, he finishes violently. Amazing strength. thing that sets him apart is his strength mixed with his quickness and speed, but he's also pretty good against the run, but an exceptional pass rusher. So the thing about Quiddy Pay is there just wasn't a weakness, and I think that's what you look for in a first-round defensive lineman. Um, but I, I marked him as a 3-4 or 4-3 end. I think with his speed and his strength, um, you know, he's going to get after the passer on third downs. Um, he bull rushes guys, maybe not quite to the degree of Barmore. I will say with Quiddy Pay, one thing I noticed on tape, and I, I don't think it's a knock, but it's something that needs to be coached. He knew that he had such a good get off and what he would do is he would actually get skinny and just take that get off to jump through the offensive line. He wouldn't use this strength that he had. A lot of times he's, he, he's more like a speed guy. But then when they double-team him, he starts throwing dudes all over the place. But I think with him, he needs to get better. His football IQ, and I think he needs to be coached up a little bit on knowing when to use power and when to use speed. Because I think sometimes he was just a crazy athletic, strong, fast dude who would just, they just let him do whatever he wanted, right? Um, so I think coaching will help that. Um, number two, I have Barmore out of Alabama. Um, when it comes to strength and finishing ability, when you want to talk about that defensive tackle in the draft who literally has two guys on him and all he does is just bull rushes to the quarterback and just takes everybody with him, that's Christian Barmore. Um, really good pass rushing chops. Um, he's actually a little better in, in run defense than Quiddy Pay. The biggest knock I had on Christian Barmore was his consistency. Um, I I heard it, so I, I I heard it from an analyst that that his ten percent is is all pro, gold jacket worthy, right? But that other ninety percent is he kind of takes plays off and kind of chooses when he wants to show up. That that's coaching, and it could also be mentality. So I'm really. Curious to see if he takes the league by storm or if he's a guy who slowly kind of fades away and we forget his name. I mean, NFL is about work ethic. Like Corey said earlier, these are all really big, strong, athletic dudes, world class. But if you don't work to get better, if you can't be coached, and I'm not saying he can't be coached. I'm just saying outplayed. I'm just saying that he he needs a more continuous motor. Of these top five guys I'm gonna list he had by far the lowest motor. These other five guys were high motor guys, every play consistent, and you know, guys who will track down plays, but just keep it going. They're tenacious. Um, Christian Barmore didn't have that, except for the plays he did, which were the best-looking defensive prospect plays I watched. So it, there's just a little bit of risk there, and I think whoever takes him knows that we got to get on this guy if uh, – you know, if he, if he's going to be the stud that we think he can be, but he has all the tools. He's an absolute monster. Um, you know, he's not Derek Brown from last year, but he does have all those tools. He plays the game. <laughs> imagine so, that imagine was if my he question. shows up for every play. I literally just wrote that question <laughs> down, Ben. I was going to ask you whenever, uh, whenever you're wrapping up. So 
would you say Barmore is a less consistent Derek Brown? Less consistent and as as violent as Barmore's hands are and as strong as he is, Brown was stronger. Um, but it's close. Yeah, because I've never seen anything like no, Brown. No, I mean, though. Derek Brown, he had a really good rookie season that didn't really get talked about because he played quiet, for, what, man. the Panthers, right? Yeah, it was quiet, but you you look what he actually did, and yeah. it was impressive. You, you watch the film, and he he's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly who Barmore is. I think you got to have that consistency. This guy, no one even knew his name until the second half of 2020. And then all of a sudden, they get into the playoffs, and it's like, who's this Christian Barmore? Like, he is killing dudes. Well, he had that extra motivation in those games that mattered. He needs to take it to the practice field and take it on every single down and find a way to be a more consistent player. Um, I have him listed as a 4-3 defensive tackle. Uh, I mean, he's good enough, strong enough. His size is so good. You could probably play him at the nose. I think one appealing thing about Barmore is he's really versatile. Really, you just want him on the field. But definitely on third down because he's he's a hell of a pass rusher for that size. Um, Third, I had Davion Nixon out of Iowa. I actually started, before I started watching his tape, there was an interview um, on YouTube. Super, super, super smart guy. Um, great IQ, great work ethic, a lot. It was very similar to the JC Horn video I watched. I just was impressed. I'm like, God, I want this guy on my team. Then I turned on the tape. Um, he really is a more consistent version of Christian Barmore, um, a more athletic version of Christian Barmore. He just doesn't have that next level strength that makes him a plug and play. I think, I think it's going to take some coaching He'll have to sure up some of his his moves, but you know I have him as a three four end or four three defensive tackle. Dude had an interception for seventy yards and was out running. There were like running backs trying to chase him down. Uh, put on his tape. He got an offer from Alabama and said, "No, I'm sticking with Iowa because they gave me the first offer." That's how good he is. Um, you know, I, I have my notes here. You know, yeah, he's not as strong and violent as Barmore, but he has a very quick get-off and really impressive strength. Um, good athlete in size. Another guy who can play in any scheme. There's very little risk. I was incredibly impressed. I really came into this defensive line class not knowing what to think because I'd heard good and bad about each guy. Um, Nixon impressed the hell out of me. Um, he is a guy that could sneak into the first round because of how how not deep this class is. If you want a defensive lineman who can be impactful um, and can be a starter and potentially someone who's a pro bowler, I'm not going to go that far. Um, you know, he would be a really good pick. So number four, I have Osa Itahazua out of UCLA. This is my sleeper. This is my mid-round sleeper. This is a guy that I didn't know who the hell he was, and I'm like, oh, my God. Um, super long and athletic, great tracker. This guy's motor is crazy. He, he's very technical at the line. You don't see that super fast burst because of how long he is. But the minute he decides this is where I'm going, I'm going to accelerate scary. Good. Um, I, I think, I think this guy is going to be a really good NFL player and his upside is crazy. I believe he's a younger guy. I want to say he's 20, but really good strength. Um, 
You know who he reminds me of? A little bit of like a Simeon Rice style. Yeah, so he plays really tall. And I think that, yeah, exactly. And the thing about playing tall, it's like, it's fine if, I mean, if you're Simeon Rice, you know, do whatever the hell you want. But the thing is, you don't typically have leverage when you're tall. Because what they do is it, you spend more time standing up and heading in a direction. You don't use your, your legs and your strength to really use that to shoot through and have that really nice get off. And I think with him and actually Levi Azunariki, which actually I did not care for. Um, those are two guys That's that are, rude. are kind of long and, and lanky, but this kid out of UCLA, man, man, were you watching his tape, Ryan? Dead acceleration. Once he gets to, I mean, it's, it's scary. Um, and he's another guy who, who finishes really violently. Um, and number five, um, I'm going to talk about two guys, but I'll be quick. Looks like I'm talking away here. Um, J2 Fele out of USC. Um, this is another guy. Those three guys I just said, Nixon, um, Adehuzua, and Tufele. You know, they were all rated close. I had Nixon a little bit above the other guys, but this guy was tied um, with the kid out of UCLA. Um, great move package. Very technical. Get off is really good. Ryan, pull up his tape. Very strong, disruptive. Um, he can rush the passer, but the thing about Tefele is he's actually 315. So of a lot of the guys I mentioned so far, he's the best at stopping the run. Um, and I... That's one thing with these first couple guys is they're all good, but when it comes to run defense, Tufele was the best balance of the two. He, maybe he didn't rush the passer as good as those first four guys, but, man, he was by far the best against the run. You want to you wanna spell that name for me there, buddy? <laughs> Jay Tufele is T-U-F-E-L-E. T-U-F-E-L-E. USC? Yep. Thank um, you. So he's 6'3", 315, as to where um, Adidazua is 6'2", 279. Um, so this is a guy who is a little more versatile. You can put him at end. You can potentially put him at nose. So he's an early down run stuffer, but he's athletic enough that he could become an every down lineman um, in the NFL. So I really liked him. The other guy I'm going to talk about quickly is Tyler Shelvin. Tyler Shelvin is a brick wall. He's not going to rush the passer. He is a he is a um, Vince Wilfork. They say 6'3", 350. This dude weighs more than 350. I'm telling you, this guy is probably going to weigh in about 365. But the thing is, five-star athlete, played running back in high school. I mean, this guy has crazy athletic ability, great foot speed, his strength, his strength is, is better than Barmore. Maybe not quite as violent, but to have that kind of speed with that kind of size, he takes up two blockers like nothing. He is a two-down lineman in the NFL. You're going to play him on first down and second down. You're going to take him out when the horses come in to rush the passer. But Tyler Shelvin opted out of 2020. Um, I don't know what the knocks are in him. I would say the only reason he falls into potentially round three is because he is just a run stuffer and doesn't offer much as a pass rusher. But 
I mean, I think, I think he's better than Vita Vea coming out. Now, I'm not saying he's going to end up being better, but Damn. I think I think he's a better prospect. Um, Tyler Shelvin is Im- so impressive to have that hand quickness and feet quickness and that strength. He takes on blockers and just like nobody can move him. Um, Five star athlete. Nah, he's just pushing everybody back. Well, yeah. that's th- that was going to be my. Uh, my big question, Ben, was because I see, you know, nose tackle, and Pittsburgh needs a nose tackle. Um, they might feel comfortable with some guys that have been on the team for a couple of years. Now they've drafted, like, in the middle of the late rounds in the draft. Um, but, man, uh, I'm excited to watch him now because I'm not familiar with him. Because he, if he's in the third round, I think that would be op- that would open up for the Steelers to think about popping in a guy like that there um, the because thing, the thing about Shelvin is he is specifically a zero tech. He is specifically a nose tackle. He is Vince Wilfork. Um, you cannot really, I would be hesitant to play him. If you're in a four, three, I would be hesitant to play him at D tackle as athletic as he is. The dude is, he's all about power and he has no interest in rushing the passer. Now he is a high motor guy. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what he looks like at the next level because I hate to tell him he's one-dimensional because because you look at how athletic he is, it's like, man, he he did have some sacks, okay? I just, what he likes to do is be like, you know, bring it on, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what he does. He is a brick wall. That should be his middle name. So, um, love Tyler Shelvin. So, I'm... Uh, I'm going to run here. So I'm going to go ahead and just talk about my mid-round sleeper is Oda Huzua out of UCLA. I think he's a guy who's probably going to fall into round three or four. I think if you get a guy like that in round four, it's an absolute steal. I think because the class isn't very deep, you could see him go round three. Most likely will. Um, don't love in Wuzuriki out of Washington. Super long and lanky. Um, had some good tools. Didn't grade him well, but... Um, really quick, Darius Stills out of West Virginia. Um, he's only going to be a pass rusher. Um, 6'1", 285. But, man, this guy's got juice. He's got a lot of juice and a very high motor. Um, he kind of reminds me of my Malcolm, Ro- my Malcolm Roach from last year, Corey. Um, he's – I forget his story, but he has a really unique story. I want to say he was like a – he was a guy who put on all this weight and became a defensive lineman. I want to say he was a quarterback or something, but he is really good. Um, he needs to get stronger. He offers nothing against the run, but as far as a twitchy, quick, fast, high motor defensive lineman to get after the quarterback, uh, I really like Darius Stills out of West Virginia. So um, with that, to Daryl Slayton, Six five three fifty, probably like four hundred out of Florida. Um, dude doesn't have anything to offer outside of just being a ginormous first guy off the bus kind of body. Um, he doesn't have the athletic ability of Tyler Shelvin, but he's bigger. So if you you want a guy, you know that can play on first down, second down, has really long arms, helps in your run defense. He's another guy to look on and or look at, and he'll probably be a five six five six seven. Kind of guy, I would guess. So with that, I'm done, Ryan.
I've been talking um, forever. I like it. I like it. I, I only have one more question left. You pretty much answered every single one of my questions that I was writing down, um, which is awesome. So my only question is, uh, before the season ended, when I was watching early mock drafts, they had Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh in the late first and second round. You don't seem to view him that way. Um, I did not what, like what what happened. I did not like Rashad Weaver because he's because um, he's still not he's not being mocked there any longer. Lately, I've been seeing him three to five. But what happened? Why was he at one point? Did he have a really strong nineteen or he? What, he must what have. I'm going to be honest. I believe all the tape I watched was 2020. Um, Twyman for Pittsburgh was more impressive to me. Rashad Weaver is okay. I don't know if you've watched Jalen Phillips, but he is an edge rusher. He's a guy who should be standing up, but he's not fast enough. Doesn't have the twitch. Doesn't have the bend. He's like a. He's more of a power guy. So you'd have to put him at four three n, and I think he could be successful, but he was he wasn't consistent. He he just looks the part. So I think as far as him, he he had a couple plays here and there. It's like oh my god, this guy's awesome. But you watch the entire film, and you're like, man, he really needs to get stronger and doesn't have the speed to beat tackles in the end. What about what if he kicks to three four n? Three four end would be. I don't. He doesn't have the strength to play three four end. So if he's going to play three four end, he has the size, he has the length, but he doesn't. He doesn't have the strength. That was my only thing with him. He's a guy who has a bunch of tools, Corey. Um, The speed concerns me a little bit, but he has all the tools. Well, if you play three four end, yeah, you have to be able to hold that edge, like yeah, he's not in the run game and. To me, he was more of like a tweener. It's like I love your size, but you're not. You you can't stand up and play outside linebacker, um, but you're not strong enough to play defensive end. So what do we do with you? So he's one of gotcha. those guys that you draft because he's a project. Maybe in a couple of years, he learns some some moves. He gets stronger. But I think he's more likely to end up on the defensive line than he is to be in standing outside linebacker. Okay. Good deal. So, so we look nice breakdown, crumbles. Ben. I like it. I like it. Great job, guys. Now, moving into the next little segment here, we've got a little bit of time left. Um, some prospect primers. Ben, do you want to go ahead and leave this one real quick? Because uh, um, looks like you got some uh, some ideas here. Yeah, I'm going to let Corey lead the Rondale more. We've talked about him. So, Corey, you go ahead and do Rondale, and I'll do Zavin. Okay, so Rondale, uh, we were actually talking about him uh, recently. So he's being he's being mocked in what the late first, early second round, uh, from what I'm seeing. Um, he's a, he's a receiver very similar to uh, your Tyreek Hill um, kind of burner receiver. Um, he doesn't run. He at least he wasn't asked to really run a ton of you know routes, precise routes. He was kind of here's an end around, here's an end around, here's an end around, here's a screen, here's a screen, uh, run a streak, right? But man, when that guy's got the ball in his hands, good night. I he, mean, yeah, 
Yeah, he's a yak he's, monster. But he he has a little power behind him at five foot nine. He's not scared of contact, and that what was like, huh? That's the stuff I like to see, man, from these kids coming out. Dude, you know, he, um, yeah, he is Saquon Barkley at receiver. That's how I <laughs> like. Which, he doesn't have those jungle thighs, but I mean, um, but they're pretty. But I, they're pretty I know nice. what you mean. He to me, if you take Tyree Kill, half a Tyree Kill, and you take half a Debo Samuel, and you put them together. I think that's what you got. Um, and then a little bit of, of uh, Tyrion Lannister. Lannister <laughs> uh, <Okay>. Williams. <laughs> uh, so, no, but if, if those kind of – that, that kind of style, um, he's, he, he's got a long ways to go. I don't think he's going to be a star right off the bat. Um, I think he's a – I don't want to say boomer bust because I don't think he's going to be a bust, but it's can you get him or do, does he fit your offense, number one, to be able to take a guy like that and to utilize him to be a great player because I see a potential uh, freaky player. But he can also go to the wrong team, the wrong system, and have nobody around him to help him, and ask to do the wrong things off the bat and fail. So, I, and we've seen it I, too much. Yeah, I didn't grade him well, not because I didn't think he was. He's such a unique skill set. I tried to picture what what scheme are you going to be in? What are you going to do? He is a shifty joystick. Type. When he has the ball in his hand, he is electric. Um, but how are you going to get him the ball? You can only throw so many wide receiver screens. He's not, you know, he has decent speed, but he's not going to run deep passes. So, like, I was telling telling Corey, to me, I you could get him on crossers, get him in open space, but really I think he's going to be more of a specialty type receiver. Um, well, he... I think you're right. I, I mean, I think if he's in a system and you do those things, you can get him the ball five, five, six, seven times a game. He's not going to, you know, not a, a whole ton, but a little bit. But if he goes to a team where there's a guy on that team, you know, that's already on the team as, a, as, as an NFL receiver, that's a great route runner, let's say Devontae Adams or whoever, um, or a – or a great wide receiver coach that he can work with and he can dial in route running like Ty- Tyreek Hill has gotten better through his career. He can be scary. Um, but it's not a guarantee. That's what I mean. Like you, you gotta have. Well, I want to see where he ends up. We talked about the yeah. charger, the chargers fit because I look at someone who's a weapon like Rondale Moore. You maybe try to make him into a slot receiver. Um, he can be an outside receiver, though. He's just limited. In time. In, in time. time. So I think if you're a team, you get him in motion, you give him some screens, try to get him involved out of the slot, run some short crossers. Um, you know, I think there, there's a place for him in the NFL, but I did not have him rated high because if I'm going to take that kind of player, give me Kadarius Tony. I mean, that's... Kadarius Tony is Rondale Moore, except Rondale Moore is a little more physical. Um, 
but and I, I think, think that's why I personally liked him. But I, I see what you mean. It Tony's got a step on him as far as route running go, and he can still improve. Yeah. But <laughs> I think Tony could probably play outside quicker than Moore can. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be really, I'll be really intrigued to watch Rondale Moore um, and just see how he's used in the NFL. I want to see how these NFL, these NFL teams see him, and I want to see where they put him and how they use him because he can certainly be a weapon, but he's a very unique skill set that that I don't know if I've really ever seen before. Who is that scat back out of Philly forever? Now, granted, he was super tiny. I know he was like 5'6". Darren Sproles. So he's like Darren Sproles, but he's way stronger. Um, Probably equal shiftiness. Sproles might have him a little bit, but I'm just going to give Sproles credit because he he had an NFL career, so we'll wait to see. Um, But that's what he reminds me of, and that kind of player doesn't go in round two to me. So that's where, you know, I hate to – Hate to judge a book by his cover. I mean, the talent's there, Three. but but let's see. Yeah. Let's let's see see how it goes. Um, but you're not going to draft him as, hey, I need a starting wide receiver right now. You're going to draft him because I'm excited to see what I can do with this electric, right. unique skill set. I think he would be. I think Green Bay would be a hell of a team. You give a guy, you know, learn from the best in, in Devontae Adams as a route runner, um, if that's what you want him to be you know, eventually in two or three years. Um, because, man, if a guy like that can figure out how to run routes like Tyree Kill has, at least, you know, while he's not Devontae Adams, he's figured out enough to make him lethal mm-hmm. and make him open up more. I mean, he's almost uncoverable. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but you know, you know who I just thought of? Who, I hate to say it, but you know who I think he can actually help out a lot is uh, Baltimore. And can really open things up for for that offense in a scary way. The way their scheme works, he would be a great yeah. fit. And I'm not I'm not gonna lie, Green Bay would probably be a fit too because of the scheme. Um, really, Baltimore Baltimore needs a couple of receivers, honestly. But they need a different kind of skill set to give them another option because their lack of a passing game is not gonna let them see the promise. It would land help them anytime soon. It would give them another. It would give them another tool to use in, in their tool bag. I feel like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think they're more like Rashad Bateman would make more sense just because I feel like they have no depth at receiver. And you could argue that Hollywood Brown he's nothing like Rondale Moore, but he is a lot more one dimensional than we expected him to be. <coughs> so I think I really think Baltimore takes Rashad Bateman in round one. Um, I do. But but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Super athlete, but very unique. So let me let me jump into Zayvon Collins. Corey, we've talked about him a bunch. We're like, how in the world is this dude getting mocked in the second round? <laughs> That's what we need to talk about. Uh, Zayvon Collins, arguably the best player in college football on the defensive side all year. Um, 6'4", 260, but he is a... I think he projects as like a will linebacker, but he's a guy who can rush the passer. Rush, ugh, rush the passer. Um, he can cover. Now, although he doesn't have elite speed, he can cover, and that's what's so. This is one of those freak athletes that everybody falls in love with, and that's why I'm surprised he's not being mocked in the first, because he can cover, he can blitz, 
He's a great tackler. Uh, tons of TFLs. Just an absolute stud. You know, I view him kind of like how I viewed different kind of players, but as far as a prospect, I think of Zayvon Collins how I thought Antoine Winfield was last year. One of my favorite players in the draft. I'm like, whoever gets this guy, he will end up being on the all-rookie team, if not defensive rookie of the year, but everyone's going to push him to the second. Why? Because he only really has one year of good tape, and he played at Tulsa. But that size is going to appeal to somebody. Um, And the talent is there. So I'm really, really... I can't remember a middle linebacker doing those things on tape in college that he's done. He's so versatile. He he is so versatile. And then you, you talk about, he's not your typical sideline to sideline linebacker, but he's not going to be asked to do that. Um, He, he might be the best pass coverage middle linebacker I've seen on tape splash wise, splash plays, reading the quarterback's eyes, intercepting passes, but also probably top three that I've seen as a middle linebacker rushing the quarterback. I mean, you talk about whenever whenever he decides to rush the quarterback, he looks like a freaking edge rusher in the draft. He I is mean, a game. Cha- he's a game wrecker. He's a game wrecker. changer. He will wreck games. Yes, he can he, wreck games. Absolutely. Like, some games, you know, he'll he'll have two sacks, a forced fumble, you know, a couple PBUs, like. But then another game, he'll have a pick six. And I mean, he just, he's always, he's one of those guys who has a knack for the ball. And he, he knows is where the a, ball's at. he is a game wrecker. He finds the ball and he has a high IQ. I don't know what his backstory is. I'm going to look into it. So once we get into mock draft season, we can talk about it. Um, but there needs, there has to be something there. Cause to me, talent wise, this guy's a top 15 pick. Um, I like Zaven Collins. Because of his versatility, if you're a team that just wants a really good linebacker, you already have another really good linebacker. I don't necessarily think he's a Mike. I think he's a Will because I think he's too versatile to be put in a starting middle linebacker role. That is not what he does. What he does is he wrecks games as a pass rusher in coverage, flying downhill, shooting gaps. Um, you know, I I think he's better than Micah Parsons. I do. He's, but he's Micah got a, Parsons he's got a little is a bit true of Mike. Yeah, he's got a little bit of Ryan Shazier in him um, where Shazier did some special things in coverage and also getting after the quarterback, too. Shazier was 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 better sideline to sideline, though. Uh, uh, but, man, I don't know. I, I, I think exactly what you said, Ben, is just there's there's every draft. There's probably one, two, three guys that when I watch, I'm like, yep, I see it. That's all I need to see. Like in like Winfield last year, we both agreed. Like, what is there? What is there? What are we missing? And Collins is is probably my guy this year. Like, what am I missing? Okay, Tulsa. Who cares? Look at Mac. He went to Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, you, you see a guy on tape consistently over and over and over. Yeah, Tulsa or not, that talent is is undeniable. He. To me, Buccaneers at 32 with Levante David potentially leaving him free agency. That is no. a... I, they he, just paid him. They, I think they just signed him. Oh, did they? I believe 
I believe it was today. Let me Google it real quick while, while you continue to talk. But anyway, um, I believe, uh, yep, they're bringing it back on a two-year deal. So he ain't going anywhere. But anyway, that would have been a, that would have been a great spot. Um, I, I would love him in Pittsburgh next to, to Devin Bush. I mean, good God, man. You know, Pittsburgh needs offense bad, offensive line, running back, um, potential quarterback replacement. But, man, if he's sitting there at 24 and your guys aren't there, trade back. Trade back and go get him. I mean, he's he's going to fall. A team like Green Bay, he's a perfect fit, but we're not going to take a linebacker. History tells you we have bigger needs, unfortunately, even though he would fill a giant hole on our team. We just don't have game. Give me Zayvon Collins in the first, Elijah Molden in the second. My two favorite players in the draft <laughs> make me happy. That's all I need. That's it. Come on, Goody. And then, and then you can take your your uh, take a vacation to Comstock. <laughs> and it's come full circle. And there it is. And there it is. I think that's uh, a great way to end that segment. Unless there's anything else that Ben had to add to that <laughs> no i think uh i think i think we're good <laughs> all right boys i definitely really appreciate you guys going really in depth with all the players that you covered today and uh to give you good folks at home that are listening to this out there uh just a little bit of a look ahead obviously we're going to continue to cover all the breaking news around the nfl on a weekly basis of what we uh you know deem is the most important that you guys should know out there if you hadn't already heard it but uh hopefully we can bring you some new uh, pieces of information as they come in next week, Ben and Corey, they're going to be taking us through the os- offensive line, uh, picks for the draft. And it's going to be an extensive one. I can already feel that. I love it. Um, let's see. And, uh, a couple of, uh, sleepers of course for, uh, for the O-line. So with that being said, um, oh, real quick. Cause, uh, just to, just popped in here. Um, Free agency starts March 17th. Do you guys want to cover any rumors, or do we want to wait till next week? Let's wait. Yeah, okay. let's wait. <clears throat> yeah, next week's going to be a crazy week. There will be a lot of NFL news to talk about. Yes, there will. Yes, there will. So it should make some, for some great content here, boys. And with that, uh, guys, where can the good kids find you? Ben? Come stock. <laughs> they can find me nestled away in my cabin in Comstock, Michigan, um, where I will be, beer. will be full of beer full of something with a, a, uh, a milk mustache. Okay. never mind. So the good I feel kids, like every time Corey says Comstock, Ben should have to take a shot. <laughs> like <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Like icing him. Yeah. <laughs> if we, it's, you gotta sneakily sneak it in there though. You know, you just gotta, Put it in there, and then he'll be like, "Ah, oh, damn it, shot." All right, well, it's that's that's a thing now, or just even a a, a drink of your beer. There, that too. <laughs> there you go. Green and gold, green and gold lifers on Facebook, uh, Packers group. Also, green and gold lifers on Instagram, and uh, just so everybody knows, we are working on um, putting together a. A couple handles specifically for this show, which um, definitely we'll do what we can this year. But I think you guys would agree next year we'll try to try to hit that hot and heavy. 
Like Comstock. Like Comstock. Oh, we'll be all over the YouTubes. <laughs> all over the YouTubes. All over it. We need that. We need Comstock as our uh, sponsor. Unof- our unofficial sponsor. Okay. No, the sponsor's yeah. coming up in a little bit. Just give it time. Okay. <laughs> and Corey, where can the good kids find you? Same old man. Uh, you know, my name on Facebook, Instagram, um, the the band Sync on Spotify, which. Uh, uh, me and Ben are actually diving back into the music uh, realm uh, together ourselves again. Uh, so be on the lookout for New Moon on Spotify, uh, Apple, Amazon Music, all them, all them cool places you listen to music. Uh, but give us some time. Give us probably a month or two uh, for, a, for a track to hit. But uh, hopefully they'll be consistently released, you know, once, once a month or two uh, for, for the next year. So. Very nice. And, of course, you guys can find me at rye underscore guy 813 on Instagram. Or you can find this on the uh, Craft Brews and Geek News po- uh, Facebook page. That's where our main uh, Facebook page is. And, or you can go to Craftology Radio Network, and you can hear all the other cool things that we have to bring you, like uh, This Week in Geek, Craft Brews and Geek News Podcast, and, of course, the Craft Brews and Fantasy News Podcast. So uh, with that being said, like we say at the end of every episode – Ben! To the window, to the wall, till when the sweat drips down my balls, I use Manscaped's ball deodorant. It is incredibly, <laughs> incredibly refreshing. They are our unofficial sponsor, let's make that clear, but that's how we're going to end this thing. You can also find them in Comstock. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to overplay that, I really do. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know the first thing I'm going to Google when we get off this podcast, right? Is where is Manscaped's corporate office located <laughs> it's gonna be a and then tyler shelvin all right yeah. boys we can end the recording now have a great night great day Good night. enjoy it this podcast is part of the craftology radio <laughs> network listen we get the craft brews and geek news show is way better than it ought to be if you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network please subscribe to the craft brews and geek news podcast visit craftologyradio.com to learn more